Thank you for listening to the Vacant Championship Wrestling Podcast. My name is Jeff Simmons, and uh, over there is my partner, my beautiful wife, uh, my partner in life, Katie Reed. <laughs> Hi. Well, Katie, uh, we have a very special episode this time. This is going to be our first of uh, hopefully many classic pay-per-view reviews. We're going to have different people on uh, also for this kind of this segment of the, the show, these kind of episodes. Um, and we're going to be starting with WCW's World War III from November 23rd, 1997. But before we get to that review, I have some unfortunate news if uh, our fellow wrestling fans haven't heard that legendary ring announcer Howard Finkel, better known as the Fink, has passed away at the age of 69 today, uh, unfortunately. And he had a uh, word is that he had a stroke last year, and he's kind of been battling that stroke, you know, symptoms of that stroke from last year and complications. And um, I'm sure there might be a little more to it, but mm-hmm. right now that's kind of what we're hearing for the yeah. initial report. Yeah, it was pretty sad. And uh, yeah, it's, it's you know, because this Howard Finkel is somebody that a lot of people grew up listening to, you know, mm-hmm. that is, he was the. Um, announcer of their childhood. Exactly. He was the announcer of the childhood, and he was, you know, uh, always the announcer at Madison Square Garden, it seemed like. Right. And, uh, you know, for the big events, especially through the the 80s and 90s, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, Old school. Yep. Yeah. So, definitely a uh, big blow to the, the wrestling world, um, as far as uh, Howard Finkel and uh, one more little piece of information is last night uh, we did the review of uh, NXT and Raw, and at the end of NXT, uh, Killer Cross was shown up there as he attacked Tommaso Ciampa. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name is not going to be Killer Cross because of trademark in WWE, and we all know that kind of crap, but uh, it's going to be Karrion Cross. Uh, in WWE, so and the T-shirts and everything have already been made for this. Oh my god! So yeah, it's uh, interesting. But anyways, this uh, this episode is certainly uh, dedicated to the the memory of Howard Finkel, yeah. the Fink, the legendary Fink, and um, so we'll go into WCW World War Three. Uh, like I said, November twenty third, nineteen ninety seven, from the Palace of Auburn Hills in Auburn Hills, Michigan. Uh, not too far away here from Katie and I's uh, stomping grounds here. Um, the palace is unfortunately no more, though. Nope. Um, Dead on tour now. Yep. But uh, so uh, Tony Schiavone, Mike Today, and uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan on commentary mm-hmm. um, were welcomed into the first match, which is Glacier and Ernest Miller against the Faces of Fear with uh, Jimmy Hart. The Faces of Fear obviously being Barbarian and Ming. And, um, you know, this is a kind of a mismatch, obviously, because the Faces of Fear are a hell of a lot bigger than these guys and better workers, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ernest Miller takes out both Faces of Fear early on in the match. There's a nasty shoulder breaker by Ming. Uh the faces fear get some good heat on Glacier during this match, and then uh, towards the end of this match, um, you know Jimmy Hart. What it wouldn't be a match if Jimmy Hart didn't get involved right. somehow. Yeah. <laughs> but Jimmy Hart gets up on the apron, and uh, Ernest Miller pops him, and uh, Miller walks into a tongue and death grip from Ming, and 
And there we go. go. One, one, two, two three. three. Yep. <laughs> so the Faces of Fear uh, get a get a win over Ernest Miller and Glacier in our opener. Um, what did what did you think of this match, Katie? I thought this was. I thought it was a, very back and forth, and I just. I think we know who the better workers were. Yeah. Well, one thing about this match is for sure is is um you know obviously this was a a curtain jerker type of match you know this is your opening match and uh the faces of fear you know they you you could tell they were going to go over here yeah um and I never I I just was never a big fan of Glacier in WCW Glacier I think the was, gimmick's stupid. Well, it was a gimmick, you know, based on Mortal Kombat. The video game was Sub-Zero, and, and uh, you know, they really kind of built this guy up, and he just turned out to be really kind of a disappointment. And and Ernest Miller, you know, he wasn't he wasn't a whole lot better, but he was a little bit better uh-huh. than Glacier was. But, yeah, not a great match to start things off. I gave it one and a half stars. I gave it two. Um, and I think that's fair. Uh, the next match was the... Uh, Television championship match, um, which is a, a championship, I gotta say, Katie, that I, I've actually, I've missed, because it mm-hmm. seems like, you know, a good TV championship would be great, but the good news is, is AEW, with the TNT title, yeah. I think is kind of bringing that back. I think, you know, obviously being the TNT title, you know, the network executives are gonna want AEW, you know, to put that title on the line on Dynamite Yeah, I just bit. think it's like... It's a it's a standard thing, yeah. You know, for like it should you, be. you should have yeah. title matches, you know, especially when the world television title, you know, that's got to be defended on on TV, you know, like with the old NWA days, you know, it was defended on TV, uh, on TBS, and um, but anyways, this match, the TV title match, it's uh, the Disco Inferno challenging the uh, TV champion at the time, Saturn, who was accompanied by Raven. And, uh, you know, this is right in the midst of when Raven has organized the flock and, um, you know, they're all kind of, they're all kind of present at ringside, you know, they're all hovering where the, where Raven goes, the flock certainly follows. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, you know, it's a kind of a game of cat and mouse early on in this match. And at one point Saturn walks around the entire ring and. And then uh, there's a big atomic drop there by Disco Inferno when he catches him, and a big capture suplex by Saturn. And um, my favorite know, some... part was when uh, Disco Inferno went around a Raven's flock and did chart busters to all of them. Yeah, yep. And uh, that was really cool because he gets them all on the on the security railing. Yep. And yeah, chart busters the whole flock. And uh, yeah, pretty pretty good stuff there. This this was actually a fun match. Yeah. I like I liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, disco- better than the first one. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so you know that kind of leads into Disco jumping off. He gets up on the top rope, jumps off the top rope, but gets caught in the rings of Saturn. Yep. And one two three. Well, Not one two three. Saturn makes him tap out. Tap. So yeah. uh, yep. So Saturn uh, wins it and retains the uh, WCW Television Championship. You know. Pretty decent match. I mean, I definitely think it was better than the first match for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I gave it two and a half. I gave it two and a half as well. Um, yeah, it was fun, and you know, uh, from two decent workers that put on a good show. But um, we then go to a uh, interview with Mean Gene with the Giant, <laughs> and uh, this. Every time I see Mean Gene, it just makes me miss him even more. I know it. You know. Um, 
And then they show the clip of uh, Scott Hall injuring the giant's thumb on WCW Nitro. And, Boo-hoo. Yeah. Um, next match was uh, Yuji Nagata versus Ultimo Dra- Dragon. Uh, Yuji Nagata was accompanied by Sonny Ono. And this match had a little caveat, though. So if Ultimo Dragon were to beat Yuji Nagata, whatever his name is, um, could get five minutes in the ring with Sonny Ono. Yeah, yeah. So Ultimo Dragon uh, attempts to suplex um, uh, Sonny Ono like right right off the bat here, and, he, and he's blindsided by Nagata. Yep. He kind of <laughs> Pearl Harbors him, and um, both men are really feeling each other out in the in the early going. Nagata hits a uh, stall suplex and a pile driver, a nasty pile driver, oh my goodness. and um, he hits the gets the sleeper on Ultimo Dragon and gets. Who gets out of it uh, with a belly-to-belly suplex? Nagata puts uh, the dragon in the camel clutch, and then back to the sleeper. And then there's this big top rope power bomb from the Ultimo Dragon, mm-hmm. and um, the Ultimo Dragon hits his moon salt, and the dragon sleeper, and then Ono gets up on the the ring apron, and Ono gets kicked, but Nagata hooks him from behind, hooks the dragon for the one, two, three. Um, Smaz type of finish, but mm-hmm. you know you get the kind of the payoff there because the dastardly manager Sonny Ono, which I think I, I've always thought Sonny Ono. A lot of people are not big on Sonny Ono, and you know I never thought he was be. good in this match actually. Sonny Ono, I think he was one of the more underrated managers, mm-hmm. um, especially in WCW because WCW had a big lack of managers. You know they were never they were never really manager heavy like the WWE was back mm-hmm. in the day. But um, the managers they did have, though, were usually pretty decent, mm-hmm. you know, so. I'm biased, but I like managers. Well, I do, I do too, obviously, because <laughs> I am one, so. But that is, uh, yeah, that's for another day, you know. But, yeah, um, so I, yeah, I like this match. I thought, um, you know, I thought it was fun. I thought it was fun. I thought it told a good story. Um, I gave it two and a half. I gave it one and a half. I thought it was boring. Like, it was a good match, but I just, it was just... It wasn't your style. No. It wasn't, you know, because... And I really liked the way... I liked the pace of this match, and I think that might have been the problem for you. Was it yeah. wasn't... With you, you see these, you know, high flyers type, you know, even though Nagata was really never known for his... He was, you know, ground and pound type of Japanese strong style. Uh-huh. Um... But you see somebody like Ultimo Dragon, you kind of expect to flip it around like I high want flying. the flippy shit. Yeah, exactly. But and you definitely didn't get that with nope. this match. But yeah, so you went one and a half. I went two and a half. I thought you know it was it was okay, but um, right in the middle for me, for sure. Which is kind of where it was on the card. Mm-hmm. You know? um, the next match was uh, the WCW Tag Title Match, and this was. Uh, Lord Steven Regal and Dave Taylor, David Taylor at the time, uh, versus the Steiner brothers, who were accompanied by Ted DiBiase. And, you know, Steiner brothers, obviously champions going into this match. Yep. And um, this, you know, really you had four solid workers in this one. Mm-hmm. At the beginning, you had a really big uh, crowd pop because this is Steiner brothers' uh, hometown. Yeah, exactly. The Steiners were... Steiners came out, they were, you know, right down the road, you know, from, mm-hmm. from Bay City. They're from Bay City, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Not super far from Auburn Hills. Nope. And uh, 
Yep, so they got a huge pop, absolutely. And uh, the Steiners, you know, they're really getting kind of hammered in the, the beginning of oh this my gosh, match yeah. by, by Taylor and Regal. <laughs> and they're, Taylor and Regal getting some good heat, especially on Rick, or on, uh, excuse me, on uh, Scott. And, you know, Rick gets the ends up getting the tag and then tosses around Regal for a bit and then... You know, he gets kind of punished a little bit, and then Scott gets the tag and mm -hmm. gets a belly-to-belly -belly on Regal. And uh, all four men look good in here. Even Dave Taylor looked pretty good. Mm -hmm. And um, he gets caught. At one point, Taylor gets caught into a uh, Rick Steiner power slam that looks really, really good. And that's one thing Rick Steiner could always deliver, a great power slam. But Regal pulls the top rope down, and Taylor and... Uh, <clears throat> Taylor and Regal kind of get some some more heat on Scotty Steiner, and then uh, you know we go to the finish, and eventually the Steiners get the upper hand, and uh, Rick Steiner comes down with a top rope bulldog. Yep, and uh, they retain the uh, WCW tag titles in a pretty solid matchup, I would say. To this point, I think it was the best match of the card. Yep, um, I gave it three stars. Yeah, I gave it three as well. It was definitely. It was better than all the other, the previous three matches that we've talked about. Right yeah, now. yeah. Um, and, you know, let's talk about, before we get to this next, uh, well, actually, we'll, we'll talk about this little segment first, and then we'll, I'll talk about um, this other thing. But, uh, so J.J. Dillon comes out, you know, he's the executive at the time for WCW, the kayfabe executive, and... Has uh, he says Raven has twenty four hours to sign a contract or he's out of a job. Oh my god! And uh, so that'll lead into our next next match. But before we talk about that next match, which is Scotty Riggs versus Raven, I want to talk a little bit about the uh, World War Three, the Battle Royal. If you know, obviously they had done these previously. Um, there was really only one way they could do these these battle royals, you mm -hmm. know, they had to divide it up into three rings and it's just, it was just a, too much of a clusterfuck as far as I'm yeah. concerned. And they really, I think the idea of that. So for me, what I'm, the reason I'm saying this right now is because I'm not going to grade the battle royal matchup. I'm not going to give it a star, uh, Matt or a star rating because I can't, I can't judge that when I'm watching on three different cameras. Yeah, it was so much. Like, in person, it would have been a lot better to judge. But I wasn't born then. I was only two. Right. So. Right. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, so let's get back to, we'll get to that. That'll be our main event we're going to talk about. Yep. But for now, we'll get to Raven versus Scotty Riggs. Um, Billy Kidman gets on the microphone and he says, you know, it's a no DQ match. It's Raven's rules. You know, that's, that was the big thing back in WC. Raven's rules. Raven's rules, no disqualification, no count out, you know. Um, so. False count anywhere. Yeah. Anywhere. Yeah. Um, so the, uh, you know, Riggs right off the bat dives onto the flock mm -hmm. and he takes out the whole flock, including Raven. Yep. And, um. You know, he sends Raven to the steel steps at one point in this match. This is a brutal match. Very right? brutal. Raven and, and Riggs here, you know, they, they definitely had a some animosity in this match. They told a good story in this match. Oh, yeah. Um, 
you know, Saturn at one point hands uh, Raven a chair and he, he punishes Riggs with it oh before gosh. being... Bulldogged. Well, Riggs dropped toe holds him onto the, onto the chair. Yeah. Dropped toe holds Raven onto the chair, yeah. And then Riggs hits a drop kick uh, with the, to the chair in the face of Raven, you know. And then he bulldogs, you're right, Katie yeah. was right, he, he bulldogs uh, Raven onto the chair, but Raven kicks out at two. So, you know, just like they're using the chair over and over in this match. I was just, like, yeah, it's one just, of them's gonna get beat today. It's yeah, it's wild, but it's uh, it's a fun match. It was I really enjoyed it. Um, and then at one point, Raven asked for a microphone, like right in the middle of the match. Yeah, I was like, what is he about to do? Got a promo? Yeah, and he kind of <laughs> he kind of does. Right, kind of cuts a promo like that, and it shows how smart of a worker that Raven was. You know, yeah. Raven could just interrupt a match you know and just cut a promo and go for this and and you know um even with these goofy wcw writing you know he's oh, still yeah um i think he improved. i think so too i think you know a lot of i think raven got a lot of from what i've read you know um i think raven got a lot of creative freedom with the with the flock and stuff and you know because that was all his idea um and it was, you know, it turned out to be a really good concept. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they, at one point, you know, they, he says on the microphone, he says, you know, this is hurting me worse than it's hurting you. He's t- talking to Riggs, obviously. And and then he picks Riggs up and hits him with a DDT. And then he hits him with another DDT. Yeah. And then another right. DDT. So he hits him with three fucking DDTs. You know, in a short span. Right, and you're like, okay, is this guy dead yet? Right, and then uh, the referee, you know, counts him down, counts Scotty Riggs down. Yeah. And then it takes him a second, but he raises Raven's hand, so Raven ends up winning this match, and the flock kind of just huddle over Raven, over Raven yeah. and they're kind of... And then, after the match, uh, Van Hammer uh, grabs Scotty Riggs, and they just take off with Scotty Riggs through the crowd... <laughs> The flock does, and you know this obviously led to uh, Scotty Riggs joining the flock. Yep. And so uh, the next match. What'd you rate that one? Oh, I, I'm sorry. I, I I gave that a, a three stars on that one. I gave it a was, two and a half. Okay, I think that's a fair rating. Um, yeah, I wanted to talk about this next match so much. That's sarcasm, by the way, because. Boom, 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 boom. This mat, next match, uh, I, yeah. I try to skip over it. Like. Right, yeah. I wish we could do that with, with pay-per-view reviews, but... But, um, unfortunately... So the next match is uh, Steve Mongo McMichael. It's scheduled to be, first of all, it's scheduled to be Steve Mongo McMichael versus Goldberg. And Mongo comes out with a pipe. He's got a big lead pipe. And he says that Goldberg isn't going to make it out. And then they show it on the the screen, you know, and and backstage. And Mongo has attacked Goldberg. Mm, What an idiot. And then uh, Deborah McMichael comes out with Alex Wright, who is kind of reluctant and doesn't want to come out and fight Mongo. He's like, no, I don't want to know. Right. And so she brings out uh, Alex Wright to fight Mongo in place of Goldberg. So we have... Alex Wright versus Steve Mongo McMichael here. And this is, you know, kind of your real mid-card 
thing, but this was not to me. This was not meant to be in the mid card. This was this is meant to be a curtain jerker. If you're doing this kind of match, yeah, I'd agree. I feel like you could have put the that the tag title match, the um, tag title match in there, or something else. Like, yeah, you need to move that up and get that out of the way, right? But I mean, obviously, it was because Goldberg was scheduled to be, yeah. Of course, Goldberg being the big draw he was at the time. Um, you know, well, obviously not because he didn't show up. Well, he got attacked backstage by Mongo, but anyway, so, so, so we get Alex Wright and Steve Mongo McMichael instead of Goldberg and Steve Mongo McMichael. Um, so Mongo clotheslines uh, Alex Wright kind of right out of his boots right at the beginning and scoop slams him, stomps him, and kind of punishes him for a bit, and then he hits his stupid three-point stance chop block a couple of times. Uh, then it hits the Mongo spike, which is basically the tombstone pile driver, and wins it. Um, this mm. match sucked. I put short and boring. <laughs> short and boring, I think, sums this match up. I think it was just stale. It was plain. It was, yeah, it was just really... we got to have something that captures my attention. There was no pizzazz it. about it. And I've always, you know, I've always liked Alex Wright as a worker, too. I thought he's... but. To put him in with somebody like Mongo, that's yeah, it was just a bad, bad decision. But kind of a ended up being a squash for Mongo. Yeah, which so, was weird. You're well, right, but um, yeah, I gave I gave this one star. Me this too. Match was <laughs> fucking terrible. It was so bad. Um, this next match, uh, I will, I will go on record and say that this next match was probably my favorite match of the card. Um, I would agree with that. And it was the Cruiserweight Championship match between the champion at the time, Eddie Guerrero, defending against Rey Mysterio. Junior. Yes. At the time. And um, so, you know, action starts off hot and heavy, of course, which you would expect with Eddie and Rey. Yeah. Um, You know, they do... Uh, there's a cool head scissor takedown by Ray. Eddie catches Ray into a released German. You know, Eddie puts on the abdominal stretch, and then Ray tries to powerbomb Eddie on the floor, and Eddie reverses it into a really nice tilt-a-whirl backbreaker right out on the floor. And <clears throat> big this, this is the kind of flippy shit I like. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not just flippy shit. It's, it's also technical, great technical wrestling. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, and... Um, you know, big superplex by, by Eddie. You know, Ray rolls through with a hurricanrana. Eddie hits a flapjack, and Ray hits a, a senton with a splash on the floor, followed by a springboard moonsault. Um, you know, really what this was for me was like, it was like two surgeons doing heart surgery. Mm-hmm. And they were just both just, you know, taking, dissecting little parts of the... The coronary artery, and, right. just, and that was just, you know, that's a good way to describe these two guys, you know, mm-hmm. when they're at work in the squared circle. It's just, it's magic. Mm-hmm. It is absolute magic. Anytime Guerrero got into the ring, it was magic. Or, or Mysterio, for that yeah. matter, and, you know, especially, because I think his, me personally, I think his best days were in WCW, mm-hmm. although I think he's had some great, obviously some great matches in the WWE also, um, but this was just just phenomenal this is great and 
Um, you know, Eddie hits uh, hits the steel post at one point and counters with a power bomb. And um, you know, towards the end of the match, Eddie is these guys. You can tell they're spent by the end of this match. Oh you know, yeah, really, they're exhausted. Yeah, and Eddie gets Ray into the gory special springboard leg drop from Ray. Ray gets the springboard hurricanrana, and Eddie grabs the rope. Which at that point, you think Ray has won the match with the yeah. springboard hurricanrana. And he did that. Eddie up. <laughs> yep, but he didn't. And then. Uh, they get up on the top rope. Both men are up on the top rope, and and Eddie hits this nasty DDT off the top rope. Oh my gosh! And then hits the frog splash to uh, retain the the cruiserweight title. And like I said, you know this was. I think there's a, obviously the next match that we're going to talk about. I think was almost as good as this match, mm-hmm. but I think this match was a little better. Um, there are two legends. Yes, but I mean, well, really, with with these. Four people with these two matches. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have four legends, really. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this was a just a classic, absolute classic. I don't know if it was as good as the the Halloween Havoc match, but I think that you know this was a really great, great match. Um, I gave it. I gave it three and a half. I gave it three. Um, I think it was just a great match. I thought it was so much fun, and. So the next match was the uh, kind of the prelude to the main event. It was the the prelude to the the big World War Three um, clusterfuck. Yeah, big clusterfuck World War Three sixty man battle royal. Unnecessary. Um, but the next match was so your semi main was the U.S. title match between Kurt Henning. And Ric Flair, Kurt Henning defending the U.S. title against Ric Flair. Uh, this was a no DQ, no count out. Uh, false, false count. False any- count anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, in the beginning, you know, Henning is kind of running away from Flair. He's kind of, oh. it makes for an interesting little thing, especially with the three rings, because mm-hmm. he's kind of going in and out of the other rings. And, <laughs> you know, it's playing the cat and mouse game. Yeah, absolutely. And it makes it really interesting at the beginning. But, and then Flair ends up getting him. Yeah. You know, comes out and chops the hell out of him. Nobody chops like Ric Flair. No. Woo! And, yeah, so the action, like, spills out into the crowd really quickly. Oh, yeah, it was all over the arena. Yeah, like, really early on in the matchup. And um, they finally get back to the ring, and Henning finds the uh, the camera cable, and he ends up choking out Flair... And then Flair goes to the top rope, which Flair never goes to the top rope. The announcers talk about, the commentators talk about this, that, you know, Flair hardly ever does. You don't see him doing that very often. And he delivers a big double axe handle to to the back of Henning. So obviously it wasn't, you know, Ric Flair's not going to get up on the top rope and do a fucking moonsault. No. But, but, you know, it was... He left it to Charlotte. Right. But it was still... um, yeah, still cool to see him do that because you de- you definitely are not used to seeing Nate on the top rope unless he's doing his signature, uh, getting slammed off the top rope, which he does in this match, yeah. of course, <laughs> as as Henning does take him over to do his signature spot there. Flair always loved to do that, but um, at one point, um, Henning hits this like brutal backdrop on the floor to to Flair, and obviously they, you know. Everybody alludes to the the plane crash that fucked up Flair's back. Mm-hmm. And, um, but you know, this was when he was 
still able to take back bumps directly on, you know, because uh-huh. later on in his career, especially in WWE, you know, he wasn't able to take bumps directly on the back, and you see that, you know, when he would take back drops and stuff. But um, at one point in this match, uh, Henning, like, pokes referee Randy Anderson in the eye, and it's gotcha. just like, yeah, just a really, just a weird moment. Like, what are you doing? This is a mask between you and Flair. Why are you poking the ref in the eye? (laughs) But he, uh, yeah, he pokes him in the eye, and uh, Henning has Flair in the Indian death lock, and then they kind of turn, kind of turns into a slugfest, and it reminded me of, like, two, like, high school enemies that, like, just went out on the playground and just started beating the shit out of each like other. Like the quarterback like, and the other from one team, from a yeah, quarterback or, from or, another or team. or whatever, but, or just, you know, the the popular guy and the not-so-popular guy, you know, yeah. they just, whatever. Um, but it, that's kind of what it reminded me of, of, like, an old high school fight, and I really, I really enjoyed it. I thought that this match also told a, a pretty good story. Um, I think that you know, it was definitely brutal when it needed to be too, mm-hmm. and it and it really got brutal towards the end too. Um, I thought it was a very brutal match. Like from these two workers, you weren't expecting brutal, but it got brutal. Yeah, well, Flair, but I mean, with the the, you know, no DQ, no DQ the false count anywhere. You yeah. know, yeah, um, you know, Flair grabs a chair, and then you know he starts walloping uh Henning's knee with it mm-hmm. and then and then he kicks it several times when when boom, Henning boom, is boom, boom, boom. Henning's uh nether regions are straddled up on it and then <laughs> Flair comes in with a big field goal excuse me right um but then uh he grabs another chair and he he puts the figure 4 on Henning and then Henning to uh you know our surprise grabs the U.S. title and just waffles Rick with it and knocks him out. And Well, uh, before that, uh, Rick had uh, him in the figure four. Yeah, and I forgot to mention that. Yeah, I figure Rick has the figure four on, on Henning. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so that's that's kind of how this starts, you know, and, and uh, Henning is trying to get out of the figure four, yep. and he ends up finding the belt to get out of the figure four. Yep. And waffles Rick and then covers him. Yep, covers him for the uh, the retain of the U.S. title. And um, yeah, this was just a. I thought this was a great match. This is a great way to follow the Eddie and Ray match. Yeah. Um. Just really, I had a blast with it. I mm-hmm. I thought it was I thought it was a lot of fun. You know, it's been so long since I've revisited this uh, this pay per view, and um, you know, because I I was a WCW guy at one point, um, but. You know, we all have things we regret. So, you know, but, uh, but yeah, there was, uh, I was a WCW guy simply for matches like this, though. You know, for matches like Ray and Eddie and matches like Rick and, and Kurt Henning, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would bring us to the World War Three Battle Royal. Let's talk a little bit about the Battle Royal here. Um, and some of the guys that were in the Battle Royal. Obviously, there were 60 guys in this Battle Royal. You know, you had the Harlem Heat. You had the Steiner Brothers. You had Regal and Taylor. You had all these tag teams, Public Enemy. You had uh, the NWO, who got their own separate entrance. You had 54 guys in the ring. 
Yeah, and the stupid group gets their own thing. The well, the NWO was the biggest thing going at the time. I don't care. And <laughs> and so obviously they're cool enough to get their own entrance. Not that cool. <laughs> Hulk Katie, Hogan, Schmulk Hogan. Katie was never an NWO guy, apparently. Um, and I'm not a guy; I'm a woman. Well, Thank what, you. whatever. You were never an NWO person because you were two years old and you didn't even know what an too sweet me was but anyway um so yeah like all these people that are in this lex luger uh ddp why'd you mention lex luger i i don't know because he was in the battle royal okay well he could have been forgotten yeah um but anyways like right off the bat uh right off the bat the giant you know comes in and he eliminates like five he's or six just guys. throwing he's, people he's just chucking people out yeah <laughs> and so they we're already thinning people out but you know the problem with this battle royal was not just the fact that it was a clusterfuck we mentioned the three camera thing you know you have ring one ring two and ring three but the problem was, was i think the the original concept for this was the guys were that were assigned to a certain ring were supposed to stay in that ring. But the problem is, is they don't. They move to other yeah. rings what? before they were supposed to. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought should have happened was you should have had... So they wanted it down to the final 15, correct? And they wanted the final 15 to go to one ring. To ring two, yeah. Yes. So what should have happened is should they should have brought out ring one. And because it was 60, so... They had, what, 20? Well, 20, 20, 20. 20. And you should have done ring one, got it down to the five. Ring two, got it down to the five. Mm-hmm. Ring three, got it down to the five. Mm-hmm. And then put them all in one ring. I agree, but the problem with that is then you have the question, like, who gets a rest? You know, because obviously the the people in ring one would be more rested up than the people in ring two and three. Yeah. So, but there's there's always that. But I completely agree. There had to be a different way to do this. Even if you did some kind of thing where, like, a ring, one of the rings, one, two, or three, earned the right to be the first ring. Yeah. So they could get the rest. Mm-hmm. You know, so they compete first. So they're, whoever their five is, are, are the most yeah. rested for the, the final battle royal of the 15 yeah. men, which in reality, we didn't even get 15 men in the second ring. No, I was so confused ring. throughout the entire match. I was like, what? Okay, well, I'm just going to sit here. Right. So, so let's kind of get it down to, you know, all these people are getting just... Thrown out over and over Tough, and over. Left and right. Blah, right, blah, blah, right. Blah. Thrown out over and over again. Mm-hmm. And then we get down to uh, all five members of the NWO who are in ring three. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have in ring one, we have the giant Ming, Alex Wright, uh, Mortis, and Steve Mongo McMichael. Yeah. So in that ring, um, the giant just suddenly eliminates uh, Alex Wright and Mortis. Mm-hmm. And Mongo is thrown over the, the top at one point. Mm-hmm. And then it's down to him and Ming 
and then he chucks Ming out. So now the giant is the only one in ring three. Mm-hmm. Um, or excuse me, ring... Was that ring three? Ring it three. don't matter. Yeah. Anyway, the giant is the only one in, in a ring. Um, so the NWO is in another ring. Mm-hmm. And then in the WCW ring, we'll call it, which was ring two. Yeah. Um, I believe the NWO was in ring one, WCW was in two, and the giant was alone in three. Yeah. So the giant comes over and joins the WCW ring, which is featuring the Harlem Heat... Um, which Stevie Ray gets thrown out, and then Booker T gets thrown out. So you have Luger, you have uh, Diamond Dallas Page. Um, yep, and a couple others. So at, at one point, it's it's five on five, and it becomes five on five with the WCW against the NWO. Mm-hmm. And then they all converse in ring one. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, and then it kind of starts spreading out. Finally, uh, Vincent is the first one of the, the NWO guys eliminated. Um, you know, Bagwell's eliminated. Rick Steiner. The Steiners are still in there at this point. This, uh, they get eliminated. And then uh, you have the final four, which are Scott Hall, Macho Man, DDP, and the Giant. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and Dane. And then DDP hits the, the diamond cutter on, on Macho Man. Mm-hmm. And the giant chokeslam Savage. And then he's rolled out. So that was another thing about this battle royal was you did not have to be thrown over the top rope. You could be thrown under. You could be thrown through over, the rope. You'd be thrown anywhere. Yeah. If you landed um, on the floor, you was out. Yes, exactly. Land on the floor, you were out. It wasn't the two feet hit the floor rule of that the WWE. <laughs> You know, it wasn't rumble style and nothing. You know, it's straight big battle royal. That's a big clusterfuck. But so yeah, so you had those final four. Then Savage gets eliminated. So you have uh, Scott Hall, DDP, and the Giant. Yep. And then all of a sudden, you know, because the big story here was there was only fifty nine men in the match. Yeah, there's supposed to be sixty. Exactly. So we didn't know who the sixtieth man was. You know, obviously the commentators are alluding to Kevin Nash. It was supposed to be Kevin Nash, and then you see Scott Hall doing his uh, Scott Hall pose, his NWO pose. And the NWO music hits, and it hits again, and then all of a sudden, who walks out? Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan walks out, and Hogan walks to the ring. He's number 60 in this battle royal, so now it's DDP, the Giant, Hogan, and Hall. And then uh, all of a sudden, we um, we get Sting. It's supposed to be Sting. Well, yeah, that's the thing. We get Sting. Yeah. Right. So all of a sudden, Sting comes down from the, the rafters. Mm-hmm. and But this just doesn't appear to be Sting. As, no. As he eliminates the giant and DDP, and Hogan eliminates himself, and all of a sudden, Sting reveals himself, and who is it? It's Kevin Nash. You're like, okay. And, yeah, so the NWO has foiled... WCW once again. Scott Hall uh, is the winner of World War Three, yep. so he would get the title shot at Super Brawl, which in reality he would actually not get the title shot at Super Brawl. 
because of the whole Sting Hogan controversy at Starcade. But that's another episode if we ever want to talk about that. But um, yeah, so there you have it. You have 60 men. Uh, Scott Hall ends up being the victor. Um, I think that the way they executed this, um, I think it could have been done a lot better. But I will say that I really enjoyed the foil ending of the NWO, you know, kind of reigning supreme. Yeah, I like that. That was pretty cool. Um, That's the only thing really cool about this match, to be honest. Yeah, because really there wasn't a lot to like about this match. No. You know, it was too... It was too much, and they needed it to be... I think confined more, not sixty men. That's too much. Right, right. And these, the thing about the World War Threes is because, like I said, I think I believe this was started in like ninety three. Um, you know, they were all the same way. Mm-hmm. They were all really the same way. They all, or maybe maybe ninety five was the first one, but I know they only did did like three or four of these. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were all clusterfucks. And there, and there was really no way around it with the way that you do this, you know, because you're not doing it a rumble style. You know, you're not doing it every two minutes a new man enters, you know. Um, I get the appeal of battle royals, but I've just, me personally, I'm going, I like Royal Rumbles better than battle royals. Yeah, I've just, I've never been a big fan of battle royals. Nope. Um, like a 20 man is okay. Yeah. But because you can actually, it with thirty, right? But you can actually keep an eye on twenty guys. That's yeah. the thing. But yeah, you get past that, you know, because um, obviously there was the one on SmackDown a few years ago that was like forty three guys or something, you know. But it's just it's too much. It's really too much. But yeah. Um, so overall, you know, so Katie and I are both going to rate the pay per view as far as a letter grade. Um, all things considered, I really like the second half of the card better than the first. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I'm going to go... I'm going to go with a, a C plus for World War Three. I'll just go even C. Okay. I think that's fair. I think that's fair because, you know, you had some real... You had some yeah. great matches. Right. But you also had some real duds in there, yeah. too. So, um, yeah, that's... That's probably going to wrap things up uh, for this this episode. We hope you enjoyed our review of a classic uh, WCW pay-per-view. Um, if you have a suggestion, if there's something that you want us to uh, review, get on our Facebook page, let us know, get, send us a message. Um, you know, uh, you can also send us a message through Anchor FM too, which is you know where our pod, one of our sites that our podcast is on. And, uh, yeah, so, like I said, hope you enjoyed this. Um, For the Vacant Championship Wrestling Podcast, my name is Jeff Simmons. I'm Katie Reed. We'll catch you on the flip side.